more with Terry and Chris of LumaFusion. This is Mac Voices. This edition of Mac Voices is supported by the Mac Voices Dispatch, our weekly newsletter to keep you up on all the latest from Mac Voices. Watch or listen to Mac Voices straight from your email client. Sign up at macvoices.com newsletter and stay up to date. Welcome to Mac Voices. This is the talk of the Apple community, and I'm Chuck Joyner. Folks, this is part two in a two-part conversation with Terry and Chris of LumaFusion. This time, we talk a little more about some of the features that are coming to LumaFusion. We talk about running LumaFusion on a Mac, and we also talk about the training options that are out there to help you get more out of LumaFusion. Let's go back and let Terry and Chris do the talking. Well, I was, you sort of took me where I was going to go next, Chris. What do you hear from your, your customers? I mean, what are they clamoring for or <laughs> what do they especially love? Do you want to? Well, sure. <laughs> I mean, we get love letters for sure. We got one yesterday that didn't, it didn't say anything specific. It just said, I love you guys. <laughs> so it's really nice. I mean, that always makes us smile. But I think the things that, you know, we're, we, we haven't had multicam. Um, and that means there's a whole market of people that need to be able to sync media together to edit efficiently. So you can do that manually on the timeline in LumaFusion now, but really that's not what you need. You need some automatic syncing and the ability to create these synced clips so you can edit with them, or you want to do your switching. You know, you, ha you have all your clips and you want to put them in and switch them. So these, th these are people that may not even have or be able to use LumaFusion now, but will find LumaFusion in the future when we, put out uh, multicam. It's a whole new audience of people that can use that feature. So, but on top of that, there's people we have now like news cat, um, journalists who always have a separate mic for their, their eyes. So they're mobile journalists. So they're using their iPhone they have a separate microphone. So they get good audio. And when they want to edit, they need those things to sync together so that they have a clip, then they can edit from their synced clips. And, um, so yeah, this is just a whole new functionality that people are clamoring for because it's useful. Um, not because, it's sexy, although it is, um, <laughs> but because it's really useful. Yeah. Yeah. And we have a few other areas where people are asking for that we are working on for a little farther down the road. Um, we're working on advanced keyframing with, you know, full, you know, ease in, ease out curves, temporal and spatial keyframes, including speed ramping is another area, advanced color correction, subtitling. Those are some of the areas that we really want to keep filling in and we'll take them one at a time and do them right. And I think one of the things to mention about multicam that, you know, um, we've been working on that for a while. It was, we showed a tech demo of that back last spring when, you know, the new iPad pro was the M one iPad pro was announced and, you know, people were expecting it fairly quickly after that. And it took us a while. Um, and the reason it's taken a while is we've gone through a few variations of it and really enhanced the way we want to do it and rethought like we have with every feature, how does this work in a touch environment and um, how do we make it a great fun feature to do? And so we're through most of that refactoring and now it's feeling just about right. And uh, we're, we're on the road downhill, I'd say to getting it out. You know, it's not, I can't give you a date on it, but we're feeling really good about the release. 
Yeah, obviously, I don't want you all to comment on anything you're not comfortable commenting on. Um, but, you know, that said, I, I would think that that having the M1 iPad, and yes, it's, it's you know, not brand new news at this point, but that gives you all a lot of options to do things you couldn't maybe have done before with even the previous power chips, which were powerful into the, under themselves. But with the M1 in there now, you put, I would feel like you have to have a lot more options. Yeah, we do. And, you know, one of the things um, that might not have been noticed at WWDC is Apple has um, brought DriverKit to the iPad. And DriverKit, you know, allows developers to create new drivers for USB and Thunderbolt ports, you know, for devices off there that I think is going to open up a whole new array of capabilities on the iPad Pro that I think will definitely fit into our marketplace as well as others, music and other areas, you know, a lot of content creation type of tools. Um, so I think we're going to continue to see it grow in new ways to be a really powerful tool, you know, that's both portable and powerful, sort of that happy medium between desktop and, you know, and your phone. Um, I have to ask this because it seems like it, it always comes up in any of these discussions. Can you run LumaFusion on a Mac using Catalyst? So we don't have it on Catalyst, but we did make it available just to run as an iPad app on, on Mac. And we actually have a fair percentage of users who are now doing that. Um, so we've been working with 3.1. We have a lot of enhancements to, um, to the app to make it work well, both on M1 Macs and on iPads using a trackpad or keyboard so that it fits well into both those environments. And so some real improvements for drag and drop and things like that so that they feel right when you're using them on a Mac. Um, but a lot of our users like that. They'll start on their iPad, go back to their desk and still like the bigger screen to work on, you know, when they get back to their office. And so they'll just transfer the project over and ready to continue editing there. And, and a lot of users are finding that a really nice workflow. And we'll continue, excuse me, we'll continue to enhance that and, and try to make it a great experience on, on on both platforms. You just said something, Chris, there that triggered something in my mind when I saw it, um, and that was the full screen mode and the external monitor support uh, on not not just um, let's see how am I going to say it? Not just the cover uh, range stuff, but also the workspaces that you have now yes. or will have with with iOS six. Well, iPad OS sixteen, I guess it is. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, do you feel like that's going to make a big difference for, for Luma as well? Yeah, we've, we've been talking about that a lot, you know, of ways we can take advantage of that space to give users more information on the screen when they need it, um, be able to arrange things the way they want to work the way they want to. And, and so we're just at the beginning of thinking of those things right now and uh, thinking, okay, what can we do with all this power we've been given? And so now we have to come up with the right way to do it and make it feel right and still work you know, when you don't have that screen on. So there's work to do, but it, yeah, we're excited by that. Mm -hmm. yeah, I'd, I'd love to be a fly on the wall at, in you, your meetings or pretty much any developers meetings right after the keynote or right after dub dub when everybody's seen everything <laughs> and you sit down and say, now what can we do with all this stuff? Um, Cause <laughs> That's right. those discussions have to be wide and varied depending on what the product is. But with you all, this just seemed this, this keynote seemed to be custom made for you. Yeah. Yeah, but to be honest, when I heard about the um, the stage manager, I was like, "Oh no! <laughs> like, oh no! This is, this sounds like work. <laughs> like, this is going to be bad." But I think you know, after talking it through with Chris and 
a couple other people here. It was like, oh yeah, we could do this. Okay, okay, I can see that. That we, there's there's some really good ideas in there. We'll we'll work on them. <laughs> I, I so bad want to ask what those ideas are, but no, that's not that's not appropriate. So I won't. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the, I won't say any specifics, but I, I I can say that you know being able to have parts of the UI open and on the separate screen will allow you to, you know, just see a bigger world of what you're working on, um, a more detailed world. So I think there's just, there's endless ways you could add, you know, from info panels to effects editors, whatever, there's just loads of stuff you could say, oh, I want this to be on a separate um, monitor. And that's really cool. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, I think one of Terry's concerns when we were first talking about it is the fact that when you suddenly create the stage manager where you have windows that are overlapping each other, then it does feel a little like a desktop. And one of the things we want to make sure is we don't lose the wonder of the touch-based interface. You know, um, you know, it's great to add these new features, but at the same time, it's like you don't want it to become just another desktop. And, and so there's Absolutely. this fine balance, you know, that we're, we're trying to figure out and make sure we get right. Yeah. Yeah. I love the focus that the iPad gives me because I'm not a focused person. I, I'm a Liberty gibbet, you know, I'm always <laughs> doing five things at once. And when I'm working on the iPad, I actually can focus because it allows me to just see one thing. And, you know, if I turn off notifications, I'm, I'm good to go. And I can really focus on editing for hours at a time and nobody bothers me. Nobody can even get a hold of me if I, if I do it right. Um, but on the, on the laptop, it's just always, you know, there's extra windows. I'm tempted by things. <laughs> I don't want that to happen to my iPad. But, you know, the stage manager is optional um, when editing. Um, unless we have features that warrant it, I'll probably leave it off. <laughs> so, I, yeah. Just as a general rule, I think it's interesting, Terry, the way you describe that. Um, because I, th I think the iPad experience has been... The iPad experience and the laptop uh, has been the laptop experience, and there's there's so many people that seem to want to overlap those 100%. And I I'm like you. I hope it doesn't quite happen that way. I would like a few more features on the iPad, right. but I'm not. I I kind of don't see the the point of running Mac OS on an iPad because I don't right. think it will be effective. I mean, unless I'm going to buy a keyboard, which I already have one, you know, a, a keyboard and a touchpad. Um, that, you know, that I, that I can do that with. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, I can see having another window to drag and drop something over or something like that, but I, I really, really like the, just the full screen being what I'm doing, whether it's editing or, or anything else, it's just really helpful to me, um, to be that way. So, well, Chris, does that describe I mean, Oh, sorry. This is all optional, though, right? You cannot. You can just not turn stage manager on if you want. I right. guess. Yeah. So. Yeah, and I, I would agree. You know, with that sentiment, I, you know, I, I like the differences on the iPad, and and you look at the tools that have, you know, the professional tools that have been built for the iPad. You know, like ours and Procreate and a lot of other Affinity. There's a whole set of tools out there that have created a wonderful focus that have a different feel to them than the desktop tools. And they do things differently and they feel different. They feel all of them 
have this more flowy feel to them where, you know, you just feel like you're in touch with what you're doing. And I never want to lose that because that's what we built LumaFusion on. And so I, I do want to keep adding new things. I want new capabilities. But again, it's that matter of balancing it and making sure we're very careful to make sure we don't lose something when we're adding a new feature. And, and we're I think we're doing that. I think that's why, you know, multicam has taken a while is that we did it once and it's like, eh, this feels like somebody else's multicam, but it's not interesting and it's not new and it's not something, you know, that people would really want to do, you know, especially because we have a wide range of users. We have users from, you know, people at home just doing their home videos up to professionals, you know, and everybody in between. And so we want something that appeals to everybody that has the controls and complexity that can do what you want, but also sort of the ease of use where you can drop it in and go, oh, this just did, you know, this did something cool and I can do something fun with it, you know, and that's. Yeah, and there's so many things you can do with multicam because you can, like, as I described earlier, just sync some audio with some video and use that as a clip. Or you could be doing a music video and have a separate audio, master audio track that's not being switched. Or you could have, you know, several uh cameras for an interview and just switch audio and video at the same time. And, and a lot of those things require a slightly different workflow. So when we first did multicam, like Chris said, it was like, okay, this is, is like everybody else's multicam, but it, it really wasn't respectful of the different ways that people work. It was like, okay, here's multicam. You fit into the way we've built it. But what we've tried to do, and I think we've we're finally succeeding at, is making something that's like, oh, I'm in this, I, I'm doing this thing, and it magically is is just what I need. And uh, that took a lot of effort and a lot of planning and a lot of redesigns and redesigns and redesigns, redevelops new architectures. You know, <laughs> goes on and on. But when we when we have it out, it's, I think it's going to be impressive. <laughs> so, Well, it's, it's, you know, what we were talking about when we started this, you know, it's, it's not ready till it's ready. Right. And that's your application. That's, you know, iPad OS, you know, that's everything. I, I'd, yeah. Everybody wants things yesterday and it's like, no, I'd rather wait for you all to get it right to get it. So you're satisfied with it. And, and I do have a little concern that folks need to go out and try, you know, your app, because what we're talking about here may be beyond their experience if they haven't used it yet. You know, they may be used to Premiere or Final Cut or DaVinci or whatever, and those are all fine experiences, no question about that. LumaTouch just feels a little bit different. Yeah, hopefully more immersive and focused, just like we were talking about with the iPad. That is what the iPad is. It's focused, immersive, um, connected. And that is what the things that we lean on when we're designing something for LumaFusion. It's like we really try to get in the head of our users by ask, are talking to our users, interviewing them, having them come in or virtually now um, come in and tell us what they are doing or what they plan to do. And that is not a process you can rush. I mean, when we did the technology demo for the Apple event for multicam, that proved a lot to us because we put in a lot of quick work to see, to see can you run 12 tracks in sync from an iPad? And now then we had to go back and figure out these more intricate workflows. And uh, so, yeah, we're, but it, it's really fun. It is, I have to say, really fun. <laughs> <laughs> one thing I want to wrap up with, because um, we're talking about all these things, you, great things you can do. 
But you all have gone to a lot of trouble to make training available so that folks can get up to speed with uh, with editing on the iPad. And I'd love for you to tell folks a little bit more about that. Uh, we've talked a little bit about it before, but I think it's really an important part of the whole package that you all deliver. Yeah. It, on our website, you can go to the, I think it's training tab or academy tab. Oh, sorry, Chris, I don't remember. But um, <laughs> anyway, we have a great trainer now, um, Carolyn Scott, and she has a background in social media content creation and journalism, but she is so sharp and she's doing two hour trainings that you can sign up for. Um, they're very affordable and, um, in, and they're live. So it's not like a recorded thing. So you get to sit with her and ask questions. I think someone's probably just texted me the link. Hold on. <laughs> Wonder who that is. I don't know. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yes. So anyway, I, I, I'll I'll find it here real quick we'll make while sure you, you guys talk. But yeah, but you know, we yeah, like you mentioned, we also have just dozens and dozens of free videos that you know people can. Carolyn Scott's done a whole series of short videos of specific things and ways to do them in LumaFusion. We have a whole series of tutorials that were done by Photo Joseph that you know go through the app piece by piece. Um, and then there are frankly thousands of videos that you know um, some of our pro users have done to show things you can do in LumaFusion that we didn't know were possible. And that's always fun to see, you know, when somebody does a video tonight, it's like, no, we can't do that in our app. And then you look through it. And, oh my goodness. They figured out a way to do it. And it's really, <laughs> it's sort of the fun thing about LumaFusion because it doesn't have all the features that have been around for, you know, 20 years and we're still building that people find creative ways to, you know, to do the same things, you know, and I think it, you know, sort of enhances people's creativity in, in using the app instead of just, Oh, press a button and you have that feature, you know, with machine learning, you know, these days. It's like, now how would I make this myself with with this? And it makes them think about it. And I think that's sort of, still sort of fun. Not that we won't add some of those features in the future, but uh, at this point, it still, you know, still has that Western frontier of, hey, let's, you know, figure out how to make something happen with this. Sounds good. Yeah. So the link for the training is lumatouch.com forward slash academy. And there you can sign up. Also, um, you know, 3.1 is coming out soon, just to recap. It has in it the scopes, which are ve vector scopes, waveform, and histogram. And it has the ability to add multiple LUTs and multiple other effects, like multiple color corrections, chroma keys, everything. Um, with the multiple LUTs, you know, what people are going to do is probably use one LUT for their camera LUT to correct for their camera. Um, and then the second one is a creative let, but on top of that, you could add other effects and color correction. So, um, and it also has some new interfaces for backing up and restoring projects so that you have more control over, um, you know, versions of your project and be able to access those right from the app. Is there anything else, Chris, that I'm missing? Well, there's honestly hundreds and hundreds of smaller changes, you know, little improvements throughout throughout the app. Um, user interface, you know, is looking a little nicer, just refined at every step of the way. Lots of little, you know, 
either issues or things people have asked for where they're like, you know, this is a little confusing. We fixed a bunch of those. So because we've been doing developing this a while, it's gotten a lot of fixes in it and we're really excited. And then some of the changes for the M1 Mac where it's easier to drag and drop, better keyboard shortcuts, um, lots of little details like that um, have just made the app better all around. And so I think 3.1 yeah, is going to be really free, exciting. A free update. Yeah. So everything in there, scopes and everything are free and multicam will be a, a paid in-app purchase so if you don't want it you don't have to have it but if you want it that'll be available yeah sometime soon (laughs) (laughs) don't don't ship until it's ready What's great talking yeah. to both of you again. I'm sorry we missed each other at NAB, but um, hopefully that will change next year. And in the meantime, I would love to have you back on, you know, as as things continue to develop, uh, because I think this, if if anybody argues that there are not pro apps for the iPad, <laughs> I think they need to reexamine their position. Um, <laughs> Thanks. Jack. Where where do we send people to uh, to learn more about this uh, after I've been ranting about it? Um, What's the best way to, to for folks to, to yeah, view it? Yeah, you can go to lumatouch.com. Lumatouch.com. You can go to the app store and look up LumaFusion. Lumatouch is a company. LumaFusion is a product. Um, Lumatouch on Twitter. Lumatouch on Facebook. We're pretty much on, on YouTube, Lumatouch. So you can find mm-hmm. us everywhere pretty much. <laughs> It's a Lumatouch world. That's right. <laughs> For us, it is. <laughs> Guys, thanks so much. Great to see you both. Thanks, thanks Jack. Jack. Thank you so much. Folks, I'm Chuck Joyner. This is Mac Voices. I can't urge you enough. Put down that game that you're playing or that game you've budgeted for and go and get this program. It will be something that you can both uh, use and enjoy because, as, as Terry said, it's just fun to sit and play with it. Until the next time, this is Mac Voices. I'm Chuck Joyner. Thanks for watching.